and I'm back, and you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast directories. You can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or you can shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, I was off the air yesterday. I missed the show. I apologize for that. I told you uh, that I'd have a very excellent excuse when I came back on the air today. And I worked on one overnight. I really wasn't able to come up with a good one. So, uh, the truth will try the truth. The truth is that I was trapped in honeydew hell. Uh, my dear wife, the lovely Liz had a, a list over the weekend that, uh, uh, would choke a horse and I worked diligently on it like a good husband trapped inside the house, uh, with the, uh, with all the boat ramps and the County closed down. I worked on it and I was not able to finish it. And I'm not really one of these guys that's really good at multitasking. So, you know, she's got, she's festooning the house with molding, which requires me to cut all the molding and, uh, and help her put it up. Uh, she's bought a bunch of new fixtures and light kits for the fans. And I'm installing those. She's got projects going on out in the yard. She's rearranging our shrubs and, uh, and a bunch of other things. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not criticizing Liz. I married a very enterprising young lady, and uh, and it, it's been a real blessing. You know, I did a career in the fire service, never made a lot of money. Uh, we always lived in good neighborhoods, but we would buy the uh, the least expensive house in the in the uh, most expensive neighborhood that we could afford, and then she would move in and uh, and turn these uh, these fixer uppers into a show place. Joanna Gaines uh, on that that show Fixer Upper on HGTV has nothing on Liz. The problem is, I'm no Chip Gain Gaines. Um, you know, I can do all this stuff. I've got all the tools, but uh, I, I don't do it for a living. So every time I start a DIY project, um, I got to figure out what I'm doing because you know it's probably a job that has been so long since I've done it that I forgot all the lessons I learned and. And, uh, you know, by the time the job is over with, I'm having to fix problems, uh, you know, that I, I had to figure out along the way, but, uh, I'm trapped in honeydew hell and, uh, I'm begging for some mercy. I'm begging to reopen these boat ramps and, and this, uh, this economy so I can get the hell out of the house and she can stop giving me that look as she develops her list for things for me to do. So, did you see Trump's press conference yesterday? <laughs> oh my God, that was a tour de force. Apparently, he was uh, he was quite worked up about the um, long winded New York Times fake news story about how he had been slow to respond and how how he had ignored the advice of the experts. 
it was full of innuendo and uh, anonymous sources and uh, inferences and conclusions that weren't supported by fact and completely ignoring any fact that didn't feed into their get Trump narrative. And uh, apparently the president read it. It, it, I I didn't do a word count on this, but it was uh, one of these long stories similar to what they used to run during the Russia hoax. And it was very much like the coverage from the Russia hoax. The same news outlet that perpetrated this Russia hoax on America for three years is now taking the opportunity of a viral outbreak to try to grind their axe against this president. They got a Pulitzer Prize for that one. So I guess they think, you know, if they they put out enough carefully crafted fake news and they are very good at it. They had four people on that uh, that story. It quickly fell apart on social media as uh, people pointed out that, uh, you know, Trump wasn't slow to react. He reacted as soon as he realized that the Chinese were lying to us. Actually, as soon as his experts realized that the Chinese were act, uh, lying to us and and pointed that out to him. But he came out yesterday uh, raring to go, and it was uh, it was high entertainment as he pointed out the fallacies in the New York Times again and again. He started out talking about um, how he, you know, was insulted for the people that he had put to work in his administration at FEMA and the Army Corps of Engineers and all of these other places, uh, the CDC and HHS that had done uh, an amazing job. You know, what What that newscast really illustrated is the difference between uh, an executive like Trump and one of these politicians like we're used to. Trump gets to work, solves the problems, uh, works his way through it, works tirelessly. And um, instead of, you know, just uh, trying to massage the the tender egos of of his political opponents and his uh, his critics in the news media, he goes right back at him. Here's a clip when he was talking about um, the ventilator supply. You remember when the ventilators were going to be a big problem and and Trump wasn't getting enough ventilators out? We pointed out that in fact nobody ever needed a ventilator that didn't get one, and now they have uh, a surplus. Not only that, we're ramping up production so that uh, we can restore our stockpiles that were left um, depleted in the Obama administration and and help our friends and allies in uh, other countries as well. No one who has needed a ventilator has not gotten a ventilator. Think of that. You know, you heard all about ventilators, ventilators. We need ventilators. Because they didn't have them, because the state should have had them. No one who has needed a ventilator has not gotten a ventilator. No one who has needed a hospital bed has been denied a hospital bed. That's not even really our responsibility. Now, if we can help, we're going to do it. But that's where the Army Corps of Engineers did such a great job. We built over 20,000 beds. In fact, we built thousands more than we've actually needed to be safe. We wanted to be safe, and we really, they rose to this incredible occasion. I mean, we built uh, more beds than we thought. We thought in Louisiana we were going heavy. And again, when I called the governor, I said, maybe we shouldn't build that second hospital because we don't want to build it if you don't need it. He called back. He said, I don't think we're going to need it. Uh, They had a thousand rooms, a thousand beds. 
and uh, they used a lot of them, but they didn't need the other one, so we stopped it because we don't want to waste. But we're prepared to build thousands more should we need it. I don't think we're going to need it because it looks like we're plateauing and maybe even in many cases coming down. Well, that's uh, that's a little bit of information you did not read in the New York Times hit piece. And um, and they, you know, they didn't talk about the fact that uh, when he instituted travel bans, the Democrats and the media were still uh, downplaying the seriousness of this outbreak and criticizing him for doing it. And he came out swinging against Joe Biden in that uh, in that press conference yesterday as well. The same restrictions that the Democrats and the media called xenophobic. Now, Joe Biden said he's a racist. Call me a racist because I said we're shutting down entry from China. We're shutting it down. He called me xenophobic and he called me a racist and other things. Since then, on a Friday night two weeks ago, Joe Biden issued a say. It wasn't him. He didn't write it. I'm sure he doesn't even know that it was issued. <laughs> but the people from his campaign who are smart, people that write those little PR releases are pretty smart, reasonably good, not the best, but they're not bad. But they issued a statement saying that Joe Biden uh, agrees that the pres- that President Trump was right to close it down to China. Now he did. Joe Biden is like a backseat driver. Turn here. Stop here. No, go, go faster. Slow down. Oh, man, Uh, if you have not seen that, you should go to YouTube and watch it. Uh, He he showed a complete grasp of all of the all of the issues related to this. Um, He 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 said again that, uh, you know, the president has the authority to shut down the countries. He's wrong about that. And we'll talk about that a little later. But, you know, he just took the fake news stories and shoved it right back down their throats. And. And the media did not take to it well. They didn't take to it well at all. Over at CNN, um, they they cut away from the coverage once he started cutting too hard because, you know, they can dish it out, but they can't take it. But uh, during the short time that they had him on, <laughs> they had some uh, some intern working in the, uh, the Chiron office. The Chiron's that lower third of the screen. And uh, he was just having a meltdown. One of the Chirons he put up over the president's uh, presser was Trump uses task force briefing to try to rewrite history on coronavirus response. He said, angry Trump. This is another Chiron uses propaganda video produced by government employees at taxpayer expense. So it's a propaganda video that was playing the media's response to this, while they're now saying that he should have acted earlier, he had uh, instance after instance. I'll play you the, I'll play you the uh, the sound from the video in a, in a minute. He had instance of out of instance of uh, talking heads on CNN and MSNBC and NBC News and all of these others playing down the crisis, saying there's nothing to be worried about, and the president was overreacting. One of those Chirons that the uh, the TDS intern says angry Trump turns briefing into propaganda section section. Trump melts down an angry response to reports. He ignored virus warnings. All this is a carefully crafted lie out of the media. And, uh, and the truth of the matter is, let me, let me just take you through the timeline of this because 
you got to keep pushing back on these lies. So it was, uh, it was December 31st that China first reported this coronavirus to the World Health Organization. Immediately, uh, the, it, the CDC started trying to get in there and find out the nature of this virus, and it was repeatedly rebuffed. They weren't allowing anybody to get in there. But the Trump administration began implementing public health screenings at, uh, at airports that were taking travelers from Wuhan, the, where the Wuhan virus originated, and, uh, and started screening passengers. And just about three days later, on January 20th, the National Institutes of Health had already started developing in a vaccine. On January 23rd, the Trump administration, CDC, sought special, special emergency authorization to allow the FDA to use new testing. And by January 27th, while the Democrats were still bogged down in their impeachment proceedings and the media was totally focused on that, the president established a coronavirus task force to help monitor this virus and provide um, expert advice to the president. Well, they did that. And just uh, three days later on January 31st, the president declared a coronavirus public health emergency, announced that they would not be taking any more flights from China and suspended entry into the United States for foreign nationals who posed a risk. In other words, anybody who had traveled to the affected areas, which at that point also included Italy. So the Department of Homeland Security was uh, was. Uh, uh, taking flights of American citizens, uh, funneling them into seven different airports and, and screening and testing those people and, and quarantining them. By February 9th, the White House Coronavirus Task Force, headed by Mike Pence, briefed the governors across this country on this emerging threat. And then on February 22nd, this, uh, this team of the World Health Organization arrived in China and, uh, and continued their cover-up on behalf of President Xi. But two days later, on February 24th, the president sent a, a, the, uh, a letter to Congress requesting $2.5 billion to fight the virus. Toward the end of April, on leap year day, February 29th, the president advi- uh, announced travel advisories from Italy and South Korea and barred all travel to Iran, barred the entry of foreign citizens that had visited Iran or any of these other affected areas in the last 14 days. I could go on and on like this. This is fake news they're trying to put out there. They're literally trying to weaponize the shutdown of this country for their, uh, for their anti-Trump agenda. But as I said, what the president showed yesterday was a complete grasp of all these issues and really illustrated real starkly the difference between an executive, a guy that's used to listening to the advice of experts on both sides of an issue and then making an executive decision as opposed to, uh, well, say Joe Biden, who is sitting in his basement second guessing everybody. At one point during this uh, this presser, 
NBC News reporter Paula Reed, whose husband is being reported to be a paid lobbyist for China, completely lost her mind and went out after the president. And uh, stick with us, and we'll play you that clip right after this break. Mojo. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. I'm going to play you that clip of Paula Reed's meltdown after uh, as she went after Trump. But first, I want to play you the the video that the president played debunking the New York Times story that really sent poor little Miss Paula over the edge. Uh, This is kind of a long clip. It uh, goes over four minutes and it's made as a video. So, you know, I'll, I'll read things that need to be read to you. But uh, you need to see it. If if you were watching any of the mainstream media, uh, they they cut away from it because it exposed them. It was uh, it was actually playing clips from the same media that now says that Trump was slow to react, saying there was nothing to worry about. Here's this clip. Stick with it. Back onto the reason we're here, which is the success we're having. Okay, uh, please, you can put it on. Thank you. People should be more concerned right now with the flu in this country. A lot of people are concerned about the coronavirus because they're hearing a lot of news about it right now. But the reality is comparing it to the flu, for example, it's not even close to being at that stage. What if it is worse? Is this a moment where maybe countries put politics aside, a little bit of pride aside? And do we have U.S. officials? Should U.S. professionals such as yourself get involved? How worried should Americans be about coronavirus? This is on February 8th. Coronavirus is not going to cause a major While President Trump took decisive action, he's showing a timeline of all of those things that I read you. Well, we've asked them to accelerate whatever they're doing in terms of a vaccine. We will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. Medicare patients can now visit any doctor by phone or video conference at no additional cost. The first one million masks will be available immediately. Even as partisans sniped and criticized... As there were more cases, and it was clear that it was spreading out of China, where it originated, 
the president took this move that he was widely criticized for by Democrats and even some Republicans at the time, which was he halted a number of flights from China into the U.S. All flights from China. The idea was to halt the spread of the disease, keep transmissions to a minimum. He was accused of xenophobia. He was accused of making a racist move. At the end of the day, it was probably effective because it did actually take a pretty aggressive measure against the spread of the virus. Bipartisan governors recognize the president's support. His team is on it. They've been responsive late at night, early in the morning, uh, and they've uh, thus far been doing everything that they can do. And I want to say thank you, and I want to say that I appreciate it. He returns calls. He reaches out. Uh, he's been Newsom. proactive. Uh, we got that mercy ship down here in Los Angeles. That was directly because he sent it down here. 2,000 uh, medical uh, units came to the state of California, these FMS, these, these field medical stations, uh, and that's been very, very helpful. The president has been uh, uh, outstanding uh, through all this. The vice president's been outstanding. Members of the coronavirus task force, very responsive. We had asked if we could have, New Jersey could have access to a piece of the beds that are on the USNS Comfort, and the president came back, called me a short few minutes before I walked in here to say, indeed, they would grant that to New Jersey. So that's a big step for us in addition to all the other capacity. That news is literally hot off the press, and I thank the president and vice president who are on the call together. President Trump approved Arizona's request for a presidential major disaster declaration. I want to thank the president for a quick turnaround. We requested this on a Wednesday, and we had approval by Saturday morning. And we are grateful to the administration for their continued support and responsiveness. Well, first of all, I want to uh, thank uh, the, the, the president and the vice president for doing a really good job of communicating with all the governors. Hogan of Maryland. So this is the last bit. Okay, he he, comes, so he steps up there. Hundreds of clips like that from. And this is where uh, little Miss um, little Miss Paula Reed of NBC News, that was uh, one of the ones that were downplaying this virus, just couldn't take it anymore. She couldn't take it anymore, and she decided she was going to badger the President of the United States from her seat in the White House briefing room. The argument is that you bought yourself some time and you didn't use it to prepare hospitals. You didn't use it to ramp up testing. Right you're now, so, you're so, you're so disgraceful. It's so disgraceful the way you say that. Let, let me just, listen, I just went over it. Or this ramp supposed to make people I just went over it. In an unprecedented crisis. Nobody thought we should do it. And when I did it. But what did you do with the time that you bought? You know the we month did? of February. That, you that know we did? What do you do? What do you do when you have no case in the whole United States? You had cases when you, you excuse me, you reported it. Zero cases, zero deaths on January seventeenth. January, February, the entire January. Month of February, I said in January. Video has a gap on January thirty. What did your administration do in February for the time that your travel ban? A lot, a lot, and in fact, we'll she get- just watched a video that detailed the things that they did during February. I just read it to you. You have to be purposefully ignorant to ask a question like this. Give you a list. What we did, in fact, part of it was up there. It we did a lot. Look, look. You know you're a fake. You know that. 
your whole network, the way you cover it is fake. And most of you, and not all of you, but the people are wise to you. That's why you have a lower a lower approval rating than you've ever had before, times probably three. And when you ask me that question, let me ask you this. Why didn't Biden, why didn't, why did Biden apologize? Why did he write a letter of apology? No, that's very important. Oh, nobody cares what, what we said. Nobody cares what the Democrats said. It's what you said. Except we don't want to report what you said or did because we want to rewrite history so we can get you the hell out of here and get a politician that will be nicer to us when we report fake news. we got to run out to a break. We've got a lot to catch up on. Adam Schiff is, uh, is coming out, uh, joining in the pylon. And Andy Fauci, our guru on viruses, did a mea culpa yesterday. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America nationalist perspective. So as we went out, we were playing Paula Reed's meltdown in the White House briefing room yesterday. She just could not take it anymore. The president played a video that showed while his administration was taking efforts to uh, to ramp up for this virus and taking actions to protect the American people and, and bring the governors on board. You still had her network, NBC, as long, along with CNN and many other uh, mainstream news networks saying it's nothing to worry about. Everybody just calm down. The president's a racist. You know, uh, it's being reported, and I haven't been able to verify this as of time of airing. I will uh, I'll have a definitive answer for you on tomorrow's show that uh, Paula Reed's husband is actually a paid lobbyist for China. Probably shouldn't even raise that until, uh, until I know the answer, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the Washington, where Paula Reed lives, is chock-a-block full of foreign lobbyists. You can walk down K Street and you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a lobbyist for a foreign government. They're all getting rich. And it may explain some of the reason that you don't see any coverage critical of China 
from a lot of these news outlets. Have you ever, have you seen any, you know, real investigative reporting from any mainstream news outlets about the actual origins is whether in this wet market is there as China's telling everybody or what is pretty apparently true from this bio lab. It was an engineered virus that escaped that lab either purposefully or intentionally, probably, uh, or I shouldn't say purposely or intentionally, uh, purposely or accidentally. It probably escaped accidentally, but we don't know that. And the, the media is spending all of its time chasing the president of the United States as he tries to address this and completely ignoring China. As a matter of fact, if the president points out that this virus originated from China, he's immediately shouted down. Why do you call it the Chinese virus? As if we had never called viruses by their points of origin, the Hong Kong flu, the, the um, SARS epidemic, uh, MERS, the Middle East, uh, respiratory syndrome, Lyme disease from Lyme, Connecticut, Ebola from the Ebola River in Africa. I mean, there's just a, a long, long um, tradition, a practice of naming viruses from their point of origin. But now the president points out that this came from China and he must be silenced. He, there's another thing that you haven't noticed. You haven't noticed any criticism out of Joe Biden, the Democrat presumptive nominee to be president if he gets there. He hasn't said anything bad about China. You think that might have something to do with the fact that his woe-begotten son is on China's payroll to the tune of about $30 million a year? The Bank of China, of course, gave this $1.5 billion investment into his upstart venture capital firm. $1.5 billion is thrown off about $30 million a year in fees for Hunter Biden. I hope that uh, that stripper in Arkansas gets uh, a, a good chunk of that to raise uh, raise her her baby her, her her baby daddy's child. And as if it wasn't enough that we have to put up with this mainstream media meltdown, oh Adam Schiff for brains is uh, is trotted out too. He took to Twitter and said, "Why do reputable news organizations carry these daily press?" conferences live they are filled with misinformation and propaganda from the president himself no less the country would be far better served and informed if they just use highlights later yeah we need to edit it so we can we can uh, try to play gotcha enough is enough says adam schiff for brains now uh, just step back and think a moment this is adam schiff the most discredited, disreputable, uh, biggest liar in the United States Congress. And that's saying something. He was the biggest promoter of the Russia hoax, who was uh, proven wrong completely about everything he was telling people that he knew for a fact. I know for a fact there's evidence that Donald Trump is Vladimir Putin's puppet. He never came out with any of that evidence that he promised. He drugged this country along with the media 
through this Russia hoax for three years. And then when that failed, he turned around and impeached the president on bogus Ukraine gate uh, allegations. Excuse me. And, uh, and while the Congress should have had its eye on the ball, public health, and in, in Adam Schiff's case, the Intelligence Committee, uh, trying to keep an eye on, on this virus coming out of China, they were all bogged down in impeachment. So Andy Fauci, he is, uh, he is our guru hobbit. He, is, uh, he is, was over the weekend, he was on Jake Tapper's show, and he actually appeared on, he went on Al Sharpton's show on MSNBC. Now the fact that Al Sharpton, who is a race hustler, who is a rabble rouser, who has incited riots where people have died, has a show on MSNBC is bad enough. But the fact that Fauci would go on there is is just disgraceful. But he went on with Jake Tapper, and he he uh, he implied, in answer to Tapper's questions, that if the president had just listened to his his experts earlier that more lives could have been saved. Let me see if I can find this clip for you real quick. Here we go. This is Andy Fauci um, implying that his recommendations were not taken. The New York Times reported yesterday that, that you and other top officials wanted to recommend social and physical distancing guidelines to President Trump. Wanted to recommend? What is wanting to recommend? Is the president a mind reader now? As far back as the third week of February. Uh, but the uh, administration didn't announce such guidelines to the American public until March 16th, almost a month later. Why? You know, Jake, as I've said many times, we look at it from a pure health standpoint. We make a recommendation. Often the recommendation is taken. Sometimes it's not. But we, it is what it is. We are where we are right now. Now, let's be honest. If the president had shut down the economy then and made everybody stay at home, the media would have attacked him as, as a, a fear monger. They would have said he was trying to steal the election by, by uh, closing down the Democrat nominating process and Joe Biden's ability to campaign. But Fauci went on, and uh, and this is the the bite that really got Fauci in trouble. Do you think lives could have been saved uh, if social distancing, physical distancing, stay-at-home measures had started third week of February instead of mid-March? You know, Jake, again, it's the what would have, what could have. It's very difficult to, to go back and say that. I mean, obviously, you could logically say that if you had a process that was ongoing and you started mitigation earlier you could have saved lives obviously no one is going to deny that but what goes into those kinds of decisions is is complicated but you're right i mean obviously if we had right from the very beginning shut everything down it may have been a little bit different but there was a lot of pushback about shutting things down back then yeah there was a lot of pushback from the media who's now saying they knew everything but i mean that's that's the bites that are really um being used to weaponize this virus against the president. If we had only known sooner, we could have locked it down. Okay. The president ignored your advice. It's not actually what he said at the time. Fauci was out on these same news outlets 
telling people, oh, uh, you know, don't overreact. There's nothing to worry about. It's all going to be okay. So, Dr. Fauci, it's Saturday morning in America. People are waking up right now with real concerns about this. They want to go to malls and movies, maybe the gym as well. Should we be changing our habits? And if so, how? Now, keep in mind, this is February 29th on a leap year, the day before March, that uh, that Tapper is claiming the president should have closed everything down. They're constantly telling the president he has to listen to his experts. Well, this is what the president's top uh, infectious expert was telling him on February 29th. No, right now at this moment, there is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day-by-day basis. Right now, the risk is still low, but this could change. I've said that many times, even on this program. You've got to watch out because although the risk is low now, you don't need to change anything you're doing. When you start to see community spread, yeah. this could change yeah. and force you to become much more attentive to doing things yeah. that would protect uh-huh. you from... Nothing to worry about. Go to the mall. Get on a cruise ship. No problem. Why didn't you shut the country down, Mr. President? Fauci was telling people not to worry. Go about their business. No threat to the public at large. On March 9th, Fauci recommended taking cruises. That was, they like to say, toward the middle of March. They try to stretch these these uh, these windows out to fit their narrative. But uh, at the presser yesterday, Fauci tried to get uh, back on the right side of the truth uh, because the president was standing there. The other point I wanted to make is that I, I, I had uh, an interview yesterday that I was asked a, a hypothetical question. Uh, and hypothetical questions sometimes can get you into some difficulty because it's what would have or could have. The nature of the hypothetical question was if, in fact, we had mitigated earlier, could lives have been saved? And the answer to my question was, as I always do, and I'm doing right now, perfectly honestly, say yes. I mean, obviously, if you, mitigation helps, I've been up here many times telling you that mitigation works. So if mitigation works and you instigate it and, and you initiate it earlier, you will probably have saved more lives. If you initiated it later, you probably would have lost more lives. You initiate it at a certain time. That was taken as a way that maybe somehow something was at fault here. So let me tell you from my experience, and I can only speak from my own experience, is that we had been talking before any meetings that we had about the pros and the cons, the effectiveness or not of strong mitigations. So discussions were going on mostly among the medical people about what that would mean. The first and only time that Dr. Burks and I went in and formally made a recommendation to the president to actually have a, quote, shutdown in the sense of not really shutdown, but to really have strong mitigation. We discussed it. Obviously, there would be concern by some that, in fact, that might have some negative consequences. Nonetheless, the president listened to the recommendation and went to the mitigation. So that is a, a little clip. If you get your news from CNN or MSNBC or, um, you know, the other networks, you would not have heard after the at yesterday's press conference, because by the time 
Anthony Fauci corrected the record. They had already cut away from it because, and they have not uh, gone on and played that clip for their new, their, their viewers that were misled. So yeah, you could always say, well, if, you know, if we, if we shut travel down from China at Christmas, we would have saved lives. We could have, we could have done other things if we had only known. And that's, uh, that's the, the narrative that they're spinning. We should have known. We didn't know we were telling you just the opposite, but he should have known. And so we got to elect Joe Biden. Hey, I want to remind you to run on over to prepare with mojo50.com. That's prepare with mojo50.com. And that'll take you to my Patriot supply, where if you act today, you can get your four week emergency food supply, 284 servings of breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, and snacks, 12 varieties of food with a 25 year shelf life. And if you order today, you can save a hundred dollars and get free shipping and handling this package. Normally $297, you can get it today for $197, free same-day shipping. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. So you know what's really interesting about all of this? The Democrats and the media have all um, you know, mobilized to second-guess Trump's um, optimism about trying to reopen the economy and put people back to work. I believe that uh, the shutdown of this economy is doing uh, far worse damage than would have been necessary if we had just um, put people with compromised immune systems and the elderly indoors and allowed everybody else to go ahead and pass the virus around and develop a herd immunity. But if you watch them very closely, they're not offering any plans themselves. Oh, Joe Biden came out with a, a short, terse op-ed in the New York Times over the weekend saying his ideas for reopening the economy. But all of them were just just rehashes of what the president is already doing. It basically, you know, he, uh, he, he attacks Trump. Then he says, we need to be working on getting a, a, a vaccine. Yeah, okay, we're doing that. We need to use social distancing to stop its spread. Okay, Joe. Yeah, we're doing that. We need to use the Defense Production Act. Check. Doing that. Oh, okay. I'll go back to attacking Trump. We need to have more testing. Well, I, I'm not so sure that that's a solution to anything. We need to test people who have a symptoms so we'll know what we're dealing with. But if you don't have symptoms, uh, one, by the time you test, uh, they could go out and get the virus the very next day. And, uh, and two, it, uh, I guess, you know, testing, if you were doing it as a sample to find out how widespread it was, so you could find out whether or not 80% of the people walking around already have the immunity that that would be useful, but they're saying we got to test everybody in the country. For one, it's not going to happen Two, it, it wouldn't serve any purpose. But it would feed into the the Democrats playbook. They want to say, well, you got to test more. So the president tests more and they say, oh, look, we've got more cases than anybody else. We've got more cases than China. China only had thirty three hundred deaths. They believe that they report that as fact. So then Biden goes back to attacking Trump 
And he says, work on producing antibodies. Yep, we're doing that. Attack Trump again. Prepare hospitals for COVID-19 flare-ups. Okay. Already been done. And he says we have to gradually return to normal. You got Fauci saying uh, he's talking about June or July now. He says he would talk to leaders in the private sector about ways to keep their business employees safe. Yeah. Already doing that. Goes back to attacking Trump. It's all about attacking Trump. It's all Trump's fault. And old Joe Biden locked up in his basement says, well, he would do it better. But he doesn't offer any substantive advice on anything that's not already being done. Because he wants to be in a position, just like the rest of the Democrats and the media, that when the president does open the economy, and of course there are going to continue to be some number of deaths, they want to say, oh, Biden screwed, or uh, Trump screwed up. Old Joe Biden, he has had plenty of scorn for Trump. He has been conspicuously silent on the Communist Chinese Party, who brought us these tens of thousands of American deaths and have wrecked our economy. Didn't have to happen. If they had uh, exercised either better uh, care in that viral lab or um, better food practices in that wet market, none of this would have had to happen. If they had told us earlier, we could have better prepared for it. And like I say, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty conspicuous that Biden hasn't had anything negative to say about the Chinese after they gave a one and a half billion dollar investment to his cocaine addicted son. The big talk now is uh, who's going to be Biden's vice president. They, Desperately want to know that he's he's promised to do uh, a woman, and now all of the establishment in Washington is rallying around Amy Klobuchar because they think she can deliver the upper Midwest where Donald Trump won the election in 2016, and all of a sudden, all of these people that were uh, desperate for uh, for uh, diversity. They want to just bypass right past uh, Kamala Harris and go right to another white woman or right to a white woman, I should say. When it comes right down to it, they just want the diversity vote. They don't want to actually be diverse. Kamala Harris is calling herself a black American now uh, or an African-American. She's calling herself an African-American. Her dad is Jamaican. Her mother is Indian. Pretty hard to call yourself an African-American when that's uh, when that's the case. Here's, uh, here's that clip I told you about of Fat Fauci saying, uh, listen carefully, he will imply that uh, we can't even open in June or July. Come on, clip. When do you think the country will be ready to take some of these steps to reopen based on the availability of testing. When do you see that happening? You know, Jake, that's a great question. And that's really what I was inferring when I said a rolling reentry. It is not going to be a light switch that we say, okay, it is now June, July or whatever. Click the, the, the light switch goes back on. It's going to be depending 
where you are in the country, the nature of the outbreak that you've already experienced, and the threat of an outbreak that you may not have experienced. So it's going to having to look at the situation in different parts of the country. Obviously, New York, who went and is going through a terrible ordeal, is going to be very different from Arkansas, and you'll hear from the governor shortly, and very different maybe from some places on the West Coast, like Washington State, which have been successfully able to prevent that big spike. I think it's going to have to be something that is not one size fits all. Well, it's not one size fits all. Nothing really is. And that's why we live in a, uh, um, a federal republic. This, this issue really is to be decided by the states and the governors of those states. Now, the president has gone on and said he has the authority to open up the country. And uh, somebody really needs to school him on that because he does not. I mean, he, he, could, uh, he could close the entire country, I suppose, but he can't force these governors to reopen they have uh, they have states rights and it's uh, it's going to be the governor's call some of these states are going to it's going to be a, a, a an interesting experiment because some big states like texas and florida i think are going to reopen early and then some big states like uh, democrat states like new york and california are going to continue to to try to keep the lid on it but what's going to happen is, uh, you know, some of these states are going to see their neighbors opening and, and they're going to lose a lot of business and they're going to they're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on them to get back in the game. And um, and really, uh, you know, it, it should have been done all along. I w- let me see if I've got time to play this clip. This is uh, this is. Dr. Shiva, you may have heard of him. He is uh, a uh, an expert on infectious diseases who is also a candidate for Congress and saying that what we've done in this case is exactly the wrong way to go. that the cure cannot be worse than the problem. And yet here we are. We continue to be on lockdown status. Do you think the economy should have been closed in the first place? And is this the new status quo anytime we see a new virus? It's a great question. In my letter to the president. See, that's the problem. We have established a precedent now that if we, we if we suffer a viral outbreak, they're going to close the country down. And our enemies see that. We've left ourselves very uh, vulnerable to this sort of germ warfare attack. And we see a new virus. It's a great question. In my letter to the president, you know, which I sent on March 23rd, I said, look, we live in the era of personalized and precision medicine, which is an expertise of mine, which I get invited all over the world to talk about. What is What that means is one size does not fit all. You don't lock down everyone. That's what Fauci's model is. It's a medieval model of medicine. Mm-hmm. And so what we fundamentally have is the approach that we should be taking is taking the people who are truly immunocompromised, truly have COVD-19, fine, they should be isolated, boosted up with you know, immunosupporting things like vitamin A, D, and C. Those of us who are well, you know, we should be back to work. We should be running this economy. Okay, if you want to take something to support your immune system, do that, which should be the vitamin A, the D, et cetera. One of the, the two most disastrous things here are we're socially distancing people and hiding them. Go look at the research, a landmark study. When you isolate people, that is one of worse than uh, the detriments from obesity, smoking, and heart disease. Social- 
How many people are dying as a result of this isolation? That's a model I would like to see. You won't see a model like that coming out of these health experts. How many people are dying because they're missing regular doctor's appointments and, and not having, um, you know, be able to, being able to get treatment for underlying illnesses? You don't see any that factored into any models. You don't see the number of suicides that are going to take place because people's lifelong work building a business has been just thrown away for this uh, for this crazy this stupid virus. So we got just a couple of minutes left. Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders came out and endorsed him yesterday on a live stream. I think it was a, a periscope. If you've ever watched these periscopes, uh, as the people are talking, uh, comments are scrolling up the screen from people watching. Now, this was a Joe Biden event. This, you would think, would have gotten a lot of Joe Biden supporters. <laughs> I watched the first 10 minutes of that live stream, and there was not a single really pro Joe Biden comment. There were some comments saying that, uh, you know, Bernie's got to get on board because we got to beat the bad orge man, but you didn't say hear anybody, uh, praising Joe Biden more common was that we're screwed. Is this really the best we got? I can't believe this. I just went on and on Joe Biden. And it's easy to, to see why Joe Biden at one point, talked about his six point plan if he was uh, if he was elected and it sounded like this six policy working groups one on the economy one on education one on criminal justice it should be reform not punishment one on immigration climate change and the economy six so, so he promised a six point plan he named off five and one of them he repeated so he really only got to four of this six-point plan. You know, old Bernie sitting there. I got to give a little bit of credit to uh, Biden's team. They they put some makeup on him and you know had good lighting. But Bernie Sanders looks like some some troll in a. Uh, well, I mean, it was awful. The lighting was terrible. He looked old. Both of these guys are prime candidates for this uh, coronavirus. I think that's why, you know, Bernie's refusing to drop out. I think that's why uh, you got Mark Cuban saying that he might get in the race. He's putting a voucher down. He's, he's laying a marker because the truth of the matter is uh, that that Democrat nomination is still up in the air. And Joe Biden's not helping himself by these uh, these live stream videos. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here to again tomorrow. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. 
And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.